It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go on a podcast. Last week, Eddie sat in with Al as I was out. This week, while at least for a couple of days, Eddie sits in with me as Al is out, and then Eddie heads off to Nova Scotia uh, tomorrow for about 15 days. What's up? Hello, podcast people. It's Iceland. Oh, uh, whatever. Same yeah. difference. Okay. Not Iceland, Nova Scotia. You're away. You're far away. Yes. We're not going to see you for like almost two full weeks. Uh, the 22nd, I'm back. That's frightening, because that means August is essentially over. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Man. And then at that point, I will only have one Cowboys preseason game left before the regular season starts. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Tell me about it. Anyhow, a um, couple of things here. Some of note from uh, my trip. Others of note that I just saw. And this one I saw in the New York Post online just a few minutes ago. And I was wondering, you're such a 70s rocker mm-hmm. type. I saw the keyboardist from the Kinks, John Gosling, passed away. Oh. Mm-hmm. Were you a Kinks fan? Yeah, huge. Uh Really? Yeah, they're one uh, to me. They're very underrated band historically, and they have their library. I mean, it's not like mega hits outside of like Lola and all right. that, but they have like hits spanning three decades. I would say. What would you say is their last popular hit? Oh my goodness! That like Lola. Every I mean, I would think everybody that knows rock music knows that song. Yeah, their last really big one was. Paranoia. Uh, that was in like the late seventies, okay. early eighties, um, and I don't think they've been like had a bigger hit than that in the last you know thirty years. Right. Now, which is- it's a, it's amazing when you think about really not amazing at all. It's interesting when you think about bands that churn out hit after hit in a certain decade, and then all of a sudden they still put music out and yet doesn't have the mm-hmm. appeal. And I always yeah. wonder. Why? And then there are other bands that can, no matter what they put out, becomes a success. Yeah, well, there's certain, like, their their muse leaves them. You know, they you only have so many hits in you, I, for most people. But, all right, but this is always a conversation Al and I have had, and I thought this weekend was a very good example of this. I am not a Taylor Swift fan, mm-hmm. okay? I'm, I don't dislike her. I don't like her. I hear a song. It's fine. I don't change it. It's mm-hmm. okay. Um, I am not a fan of a guy by the name of Miguel who's got this popular song right now, which I wasn't aware of before this past week. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up for a reason. There's also, it was Taylor Swift, the Miguel song. I'm blanking out. There was another one that I heard a million times. Anyhow, Alan and I always talk about why does a song become a hit? Is it because it's well-written I don't think so, because I think a lot of hits, the lyrics are stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. Yeah, those lyrics are great. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. It's catchy, and usually it's the airplay. So my example would be, 
I must have heard Taylor Swift, the song Cruel Summer, and then Karma. We listened to, in when we got in the car in Houston, it was, first of all, trying to find English stations, one. There's a lot of Spanish-speaking stations, which is fine, except I don't know that stuff and don't understand it. So I settled on one. I would say it was the equivalent of 1027 and Z100, like t- that type of pop okay. music. I never really changed it other than to try and find sports radio on the AM dial, which, whatever, I didn't even listen to that very often. And my, my kids liked the music. It was fine. Conservatively, and I mean this, and we weren't in the car that much. Yes, we had a couple of trips to Houston back and forth from the airport and then back in for the baseball game. And then driving to Arlington, we had the station on for a couple of hours until it was out of reach. And then, you know, going back and forth to the beach, I must have heard Taylor Swift, those two songs, any combination of them, 30 times. So heavy rotation. Eddie, two to three Taylor Swift songs an hour, sometimes the same song at the beginning of the hour and at the end of the hour. Yeah. To where at the end of the week, I'm like, I know this song. And it was catchy. I'm like, now I'm not going to sit there and say I'm going to go buy it or I'm going to put it on Spotify. But I can see how all of a sudden, like, you know it. And it's popular. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's airplay more than anything. Yeah, well, that, and that's the whole payola scam from back in the 70s. True. True. I, I used to say all the time, how do you think Billy Don't Be a Hero became a hit? <laughs> that's probably how. Mm-hmm. But so now I come back to what I was saying. Like certain bands that had these four or five or six really popular songs, and then all of a sudden, like nothing. They're still mm-hmm. churning music out. So who makes the decision not to play them and make it popular? Yeah, that's a great question. I, there is a certain catchiness and people kind of, oh, that's going to be a hit. But those opinions and moods change when the new flavor comes out. And if you sound like the old flavor, no good. Right. And yet we'll go watch them for 30 years. Yeah. Play the same songs. Yes, because we like it and it, we remember where we were, what we were doing, what our life was like. At that time, and it's usually good memories. I will tell you, I, when I hear Taylor Swift now, all I will think of is Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally was the soundtrack for the week, which was weird. And and obviously, I, I know who she is because yeah. you can't help, you know, if you're alive, you're going to understand you who she to, is. You have to, sure. But I could not name a song of hers. And I if I if one came on You might I, not know. I don't know if I could identify her voice really. Yeah. I don't get the sense you're ever listening to that type of radio station though. No, like a top forty? Yeah. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. So that's really not up your alley. But you're aware of her. I mean that yeah. to me is enough. And and things that like in the nineties where I was still stuck in the past, but there are obvious like uh, Nirvana songs, just to use them as an example, that I like. Yep. And it's because they were they branched beyond like I don't think they were ever maybe not on a top forty but they get, were played on classic rock stations even early on, so I got to know them and I sure. like uh, a lot of their songs. Yeah, it's a different time with the radio being what it is or music radio being what it is now and how Spotify and Apple Music has really kind of taken over how I think most people listen to music mm-hmm. uh, these days. It is different. Um, so away in Texas last week, spent three days in Houston slash Galveston, really at Galveston Beach, and then three days in Arlington uh, before we came home yesterday. And another thing that was, and I know Texas is a very religious state. Is that fair to say? Would you say uh, that? I, I would think, yeah, the God, Bible country, is, family, right? Yeah, it's more important there than, than here. What really struck me was the, and I said to you today during the warm-up show, remind me about the business mm-hmm. of church. I get having churches all over the place, 
What really blew me away, though, were the amount of billboards for churches. Mm -hmm. And I know we see around here the Jesus billboards, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know what that's for. I know it's for some religious business, but it's not for a church. Like, there were church billboards, Mm -hmm. and it was almost like icky. Yeah, no, were these mega churches, quote unquote, um, where you have a guy like well, a Joel Olstein going and talking in front of a? So I don't know. I, now I never got that's in in Lakewood, Texas, I believe, where it's called Lakewood Minute. I forget where his is, but it's in Houston, and I never went and looked. I was told Al I was going to go look and try and find mm-hmm. it for poops and giggles, take a picture. Never did though. We stayed by the beach. I wasn't going to do that. Um, but more so, there was one. It was the Church of Grace, I think that I saw like numerous billboards and it just, it left me feeling like they were advertising for customers. Sure. That's how it felt. They are. But I, and growing up, you always felt, at least I did. I always felt like while I wasn't stupid, I saw the collections and I knew not when I was five, but you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, you start to realize, well, they need to make money in order to run this thing. Like mm-hmm. I do get that there is a business sense to it. I always felt like there was a separation, though, in that they just need to raise enough money to run it. And I guess part of me still always thinks that, even though I don't believe it any longer. But you want to believe it? This felt like, we're looking to make some cash. Come check out our place. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. Yes. And the churches were big. Yeah. Not monstrosities, but they were big. Well, I mean, they're, they're selling hope, I guess, to people. That's exactly what you're doing. And it's, you know, you compare that, and it's a different idea, but all the, you know, YouTube influencers who are peddling a diet, and that's also peddling hope. Like, hey, listen to me, follow me, and I'll get you in shape. A little different, though, because those are usually backed by some sort of scientific proof. Mm -hmm. I will tell you, and I made the joke that, some of the people that Greg and Al are following are really out there. And I heard the conversation about fluoride and it's like the same thing I say to Al all the time. And we've had this conversation where he'd be like, you know, you know, Doritos aren't good for you. Why do you eat them? Because they taste good and they're fun. You know, it's like there's, there's extremes. Yes. If you want to cut out every piece of sugar and hard to do and, but you don't need to go to that extreme either. And, you know, if someone weighs 300 pounds and wants to lose weight, how about we start slowly? Let's cut let's cut soda out. Mm-hmm. And then when you're comfortable with that, then we're going to cut out chips. And then it's a slow build as opposed to a lot of times he'll be like, well, if you just do this, you'll lose. Yeah, but it's hard to do that. Sure it is. But scientifically proven, it will work. Oh, for sure. So that's the one difference then with those influencers, or, I think. Right. There is something to it, even if you don't necessarily believe it or... Maybe it's only, you know, a few studies, but, you know, with religion, it's all faith. It's all faith and hope and belief and all that stuff. Absolutely. So I thought that was interesting. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, which leads me into the heavy people conversation. Yes. 
and again, I put myself, I am, I'm 30 pounds heavy right now. And I know that, and I've been for well over a year. Um, so this week I had this notion that I was going to have one meal a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm on vacation. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have coffee. And then I'm going to try and either wait for dinner or I will have, we always had cashews or I will have the handful of cashews to hold me over and I'm going to have dinner and I'm not going to eat fries which is usually a big problem on vacation. So here's what I did for the week. And then I want you to tell me, how do you think it went? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'll start with Tuesday because Monday was a mess. Tuesday, get up, coffee, beach, don't eat. I was fine. We were at the beach all day. I didn't even think to eat. Go back to the hotel, change, drive in, go to the game. I was looking for a sensible meal. I wound up with nachos because I had nothing all day, not even beer. I drank water and I had coffee. Mm-hmm. That was my Tuesday. So no alcohol on the beach? No, I had none, nothing. Could you have? Yeah, I could have brought it. I didn't. I just drank water it was, and it was, we had a great day. That's all I ate on Tuesday was nachos and cheese and peppers and it was great. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. Wednesday was again the beach much of the day. And then had a really good dinner. I did have, uh, for lunch, I did have a, what the hell I had for lunch? We did have lunch. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I had, no. <laughs> we went and got snacks. I had those, uh, they call poppables. I yes. think that's, whatever. I had a small bag of those for lunch. 150 calories, yeah. not a big deal. Dinner was, I got these hot, this hot shrimp meal, which was phenomenal over over rice. No fries, no nothing. I did have two beers. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. That's how the week went, pretty much. How do you think I did, weight-wise? You gained two pounds. 2.5. Yeah. How does that make sense? Uh, Slept yeah. eight hours every night, walked a ton. Okay. Sweat your balls off. It was 100. Yes. And I gained two and a half pounds. Well, mm. come on. I mean, really? Yeah, I was going to say water weight, but you're sweating, so no. Oh, we went from our hotel to the baseball stadium was a 1.5-mile walk, 110 degrees. We made the decision. I was all for getting an Uber or even driving and fighting in the traffic just because it was so hot. My wife's like, no, I'm good. Let's walk. I'm like, okay. So we walked to and from. That day, I did 23,000 steps. Mm. That day alone. And I barely ate that day. How am I how am I gaining weight? Did you have alcohol every day though? No, not every day. I had a beer on I had two beers on Tuesday night at the Astros game. I had two beers on Friday night at the Rangers game. That's probably it. Wow. That's probably it. That yeah. does not make sense. No. It doesn't add up. And I you know, I was blaming a lot of it on my lack of sleep and this I had a great yeah, week. Yeah, you had you were right. Eleven to seven every day, like clockwork. Maybe maybe because, you know, your body is used to you being awake of oh, twenty hours a day, and maybe. it burns off calories that way. Very fr- very frustrating. Yeah, but is what I've been. So then you sit there and think like how heavy everybody is. Mm-hmm. Again, myself included, it is a problem. And I know we're supposed to love everybody and whatever you look like. All that's true. We know we don't need to be shaming anybody. But at the same time, it's not healthy. No, no. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, you're, I, I know. <laughs> I live it. No, I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. And 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 speaking of like gaining weight on vacation, we're going to Iceland, and there will be, and it's more, it's a nature, more focused on nature things, and 
there will be walking every day, probably about at least three miles. Even every day, the, yes, uh, which is nothing for me, you know, because you know I love to walk and can walk. Yeah, even though you, to look at me, you'd be like, "How does this guy even walk?" But I do. What is your calorie intake every day? Would you say? Oh gosh, because uh, you do walk a lot. I do, uh, and with the dogs and all. Like this, just weekend, I walked three miles on a Saturday and 2.8 on Sunday with the dogs. And you would, if you wanted to, well, I mean, we do want to, but if you tried, what would you say would be the goal weight to lose? Oh my gosh. Uh, like goal weight in terms of the, like the, uh, whatever the AMA. No, what you want to be. Uh, I would say, let's say Mm, 45 pounds 45 to 50 pounds yeah 40 yes okay fine sure. let me guess even with all this walking your weight stays flat yeah correct wow right okay but so my caloric intake has to be over or right close to 3000 right you would say well 2500 is supposed to be a where you what's that a maintenance the problem with that for me is I don't I, – I shouldn't say don't. I, of course, some days you do. Most days I don't surpass 1,800 calories in a day. I don't lose anything. I do not lose anything. So I would – then I would guess then it's probably right around twenty five to 3,000 right. for me. Yeah, but, yeah. The, but all the walking is supposed to take away yeah, some of that. but we're older now. Yeah, I'm aware. I know. But going to Iceland, the main uh, foods for people in Iceland – it's fish and lamb. So everybody's in shape. Well, lamb's no, fattening, right? No, not the, the, no. I'm saying that's the basically those are the main choices that you'll be eating. Well, no, because I don't eat fish and I don't eat lamb. Oh, so it'll be interesting to see if there is any change for me going. You know, because usually vacation is like oh party time, whatever. Yeah, but sure. Not so much with this. And you know, we're going to be staying at uh, basically, you know. Uh, maybe a fancy motel a lot of the place because this is a lot there's not many people around you get outside of Reykjavik and you go around the island you know it's not built up so, so do you, have you ever done this before uh the, no I've been to Iceland and we did day tours out of Reykjavik a little bit to along the southern coast and then a little bit up the western coast but this is the ring road tour where you're going all the way around so I've been on uh, this kind of tour before, but uh, on cruises, we went with Lindblad Expositions, which is uh, Expeditions, which is linked in now with this natural habitat and with Nat Geo. Um, but this is the first sort of land-based one of these. We did a, a Baja cruise and we did a Galapagos Islands cruise, but they also did have like shore expeditions and right. stuff like that. So, so this is one where you're flying into Iceland, you're renting a car, and you're doing your thing. Yeah, well, they have their whatever van oh okay oh so you're with a tour oh yes yes oh that's why i i thought you Uh were going on your own oh no 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 okay i've done that sort of thing i plan those kind of things in the states all the time right research it and all but like this was like a package thing and i know so i don't have to do any of the research and planning but i do that all the time here right you know it's usually just planning out hikes and different things to do that was what i did for this week I yep. had every day. I don't want to say plan to the minute. It wasn't that. But for the most part, I knew what we were doing each day. Mm-hmm. And it is, when it goes well, it's gratifying. Yes. Like when the kids have a good time, like I said to, um, 
I guess, to Chris this morning. It's like when you have an 18-year-old that you figure is kind of done going mm-hmm. on trips with you, maybe until he gets married or, or has a girlfriend and all of a sudden wants to do things because mm-hmm. you're kind of calming down. It was when we were talking about doing something this summer, I remember saying to Kim, well, Matthew's probably not coming with us, so why don't we do something with Joseph? And then literally just on there, we were sitting outside in like May and we were talking about the baseball stadiums. And it was either California again, see my family, Oakland and Ella and the Angels. We have the two we haven't mm-hmm. seen. Um, and I was like, well, I, I, we could probably do that next year. Might be more fun with Oakland. Yeah, you better hurry for Oakland. Right. <laughs> um, I said, you know, Texas would be interesting. And I remember I was talking out loud. I said, because the beach is there for your mother. I said, the Astros, then we could drive to. And he was like, I'd be in for that. I'm like, what was that? Like, mm-hmm. you would go? And he's like, yeah, if we're going to go to two bays. So it really was one of those trips where once he was interested, I got on it. And I said, all right, well, what Galveston in- is easy. It's yes. a, and what a beautiful beach island it was. That was a piece of cake. I'm like, but what the hell do you do in Arlington, Texas? And you know what? It was pretty <laughs> I got to tell you, it's one of the best trips we've had. Good. You know, and in terms out well. of pl- as a planner, you always have to have like a plan B. For a day oh, absolutely! In case it's the rain, or well, I don't have to worry about that. Feel well, or this or that. Feeling well, yes. When I saw the forecast, I knew we were good. Mm-hmm. I was just worried about is it going to be too hot? Yeah, and it turned out to be okay. It yeah. sounds crazy to hear that when you hear it's one twelve and it wasn't that terrible because, because Houston wasn't. and Houston and Galveston, there it, it's humid there. Um, I guess it was ninety degrees in Galveston with the breeze. Yeah, but ocean breeze. Makes we were down the, the shore. It was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. Arlington was hot. Uh, there's no, but it was the sun that was hot. It wasn't like you couldn't breathe from you. Right, it was, right. I think Matthew checked, it was 25% humidity. In Arlington. Yes. But now you don't know what it was in Houston. No. God, we were we only were in Houston for, for the, the game. game. And it's a dome. Yes. Covered. Yeah. And it was and glorious. No, no problem. So it was fine. We were in Houston for literally the game and that was it. Yeah. So, so yeah, you wouldn't feel it. No, it wasn't too bad. So, all right, you'll do this again tomorrow? Uh, sure, yeah. All right, well, then that's going to do it for us. We've got the warm-up show, which was partly me, most, actually, all LaPresti and some of Mike Flegelman. That's coming up right now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll do this again with Boomer tomorrow, too. All right. Thank you for hanging in, and you get the last word. See ya!